This is Pixelated Audio, episode 86, and today you're listening to the music of Dragon Fighter for the NES. weekly video game music and retro gaming podcast pixelated audio we're the hosts brian and james and in this episode we're focusing on the music from yet another natsume nes title called dragon fighter thanks for joining us today and yes we have done a few natsume focused episodes at this point but dragon fighter has a really action-packed soundtrack that we think deserves some attention yeah anyways um we're still kind of working out the kinks with our recording situation but within the next episode or so i think we'll have it all kind of ironed out yeah yeah i mean you know like kind of back on track uh and you know with all these changes we're even more pumped to get back into our groove because it feels like i don't know the last month it feels like we're floating and recording it's like Mm -hmm. hard to like determine like what we're going to do next because we we aren't sure where we're going to record or when we're going to record and so uh i think getting back into our groove is going to just you know, re-spark and re-get us going in, in the pixelated audio groove. Oh yeah, doing that last episode kind of on the fly at the new place and then coming back today to record at the usual place and then planning on moving stuff over, you know, very soon to the new place. It's, it is feel kind of hectic and weird, but it's, it's fun at the same time to kind of mix things up and, and get a, you know, a fresh start again. Yeah. You know, and I think that our audio quality will improve a little bit maybe Mm -hmm. in the new place. There's a little bit less noise bouncing and stuff like that. So I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how it turns out, or it could be completely opposite and be a total disaster. (laughs) I I doubt it. Yeah. Anyway, the track that brought us in was called Frozen Battle from Dragon Fighter by Koichi Yamanishi. Yeah, not to be confused with the 1991 Amiga title, Dragon Fighter, because yeah. there is another game called Dragon Fighter. Any game that has dragon in the title, just they all get lumped together, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, Dragon Fighter, that's a pretty generic name anyway. Right. I mean, you can kind of guess you're fighting dragons, or you are a dragon, mm-hmm. or something to do with dragons. Yeah, it's got to have dragons. Something to do with fighting. I don't know. Sometimes I wouldn't be surprised if there's a game that has dragon in the title and there's actually no dragons. So. Oh yeah, that's that was big in the '80s. Maybe they just put that on there as yeah. buzzword. Yeah. Anyways, uh, track's awesome though. It's really energetic. You know, the melody and the harmony. Uh, I guess it mellows out a little bit more. You know, it starts off kind of explosive, then it, it it's a little bit slower. But with that bass, that you know, that bass, and the percussion it does make the track feel a lot more action-packed because the the harmony and melody aren't really moving all that quick. Right, right. Yeah, the percussion in this track is really good. I think that is kind of what really drives this track forward and gives it that, you know, real fast-paced feel. Everything is kind of sharp and choppy, mm-hmm. and it's juxtaposed against the the more like drawn out and kind of um, echoey type notes that, that are going on. So this track has a lot going on in in the sense that it's just... It feels very different than than what you would expect. I guess it it's right. it sounds very choppy and chaotic, but when you really listen to it, it's not really that chaotic. Yeah. So, Dragon Fighter is a side-scrolling action platformer released for the Famicom in Japan in 1990, developed by Natsume and published by Toa Chiki. Yeah, and Toa Chiki is a Japanese toy company that also produced a handful of Famicom games in the late 80s and early 90s. There were some Sherlock Holmes games, Idol Hakenden, and A Week of Garfield, which if you guys have never seen A Week of Garfield, it might make you want to claw your eyes out at first, but it's a, it's a fun game. I've really uh, grown to love it quite it's a bit. It's for the Famicom. Yeah, it's Famicom only uh, Garfield game, so it's, it's kind of neat. What do you, what do you do? 
uh, where you play as Garfield and you're looking for Odie and uh, you can kind of jump and it's really kind of ugly, but the, the speed run of it is actually really fun to watch. And there was a uh, kind of a back and forth battle for the world record for a while. It's pretty neat. Why is it called the week of Garfield? Because you play through, uh, you start on like Sunday or you start on Monday and then you work all the way through Sunday and on Sunday you find Odie. So, oh. and there's bosses and pies and frogs and it's, it's, it's interesting looking game. You should definitely check out a video for it. Huh. Um, it's just a really ugly game that's got some not so great music as well. So. <laughs> that's funny though. Toa Chiki, they have a Garfield game, some Sherlock home games, and they have Idol Hakenden. What a weird yeah mix. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't well, know. you get you get started out and you want to try to just soak up as much as you can and see if if it picks up. Apparently, it didn't though. Yeah. But 1992, Dragon Fighter was brought to North American audiences by a company called Sofal Corp. Yeah, it kind of strikes me as odd. So Sofal was primarily a software engineering lab. That's where the name comes from. Sof engineering lab. It's yeah. So it's it's kind of weird that you know the Japanese always like to do that with you know. Yeah. Um, and their main focus was creating software that generated COBOL programs for their clients. Uh, but they also did a few video games as well. Casino Kid 1 and 2, TKO, Super Fighting Championship, Speedball, which a lot of people like. I'm not really a fan of that. Uh, Fish Dude, which is a, a kind of a neat little Game Boy game. Yeah, I've seen you play that one. I've seen actually some other people play that one too. Yeah, and Wall Street Kid. Casino Kid, Wall Street Kid... I don't know, man. Well, kids, just like, you know, Dragon, putting kid in a title was pretty popular back in the day. But isn't it interesting, though, that this company that, you know, a software engineering lab that has these high profile clients, they're making, um, you know, they're engineering software for them to generate, you know, specific data and stuff that they need. And then they're like, oh, let's just make a few Famicom games on the side. Yeah. I mean, in the 80s and 90s, you know, video games were just blowing up and anybody that had any access to computers was just making games. It's like apparently. a stapler company is making yeah. video games too or something. Well, yeah. When we covered, uh, I don't remember which game, but it, the company started out as a chemicals company. Oh, so. that was uh, Illusion Blaze. That was Korea. Too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but, yeah. But still, it's like, yeah, yeah everybody. So if you've got uh, enough money, you can you can try to make a game. <laughs> but anyway, to reiterate, in 1990, the game came out in Japan. In 1992, it came here in the States. Yeah. So let's get into our next track. Uh, this is actually the mode my phone is in right now. It's called Don't <laughs> Disturb, composed by Koichi Yamanishi. Don't Disturb, composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES. Now, this track, you know, I think this whole soundtrack has kind of a, almost like a ninja feel to it me. It does kind of feel like you that. Know, it's, it's really hard because I think Mizutani's Driver, which this soundtrack is using, has, I guess with the echoes and stuff, it has a little bit of like a mysterious kind of like, uh, almost like a kind of a cloak and dagger kind of feel mm-hmm. that gives me that vibe of like a ninja but this game is very much not that that type. Right. So I it it's kind of I don't know for me playing the game and listening to the soundtrack it just doesn't fit very well. But but this track is awesome. Oh yeah, and I think what gives me that kind of ninja feel that you brought up was that like I said before in the first track that it's very sharp and precise sounding, mm-hmm. but then there's also a lot of subtleties to the track. Like there's a lot going on that you can really kind of dive into mm-hmm. and and really listen, but um, I, I like this track. I think it starts out a little bit more aggressive and it's kind of uh, has a little bit more of a worrisome feel to it, like mm-hmm. uh, it, like things are not so happy i guess like it's it's not as fun i guess it's more uh, dangerous but uh more on the edge yeah i like this track quite a bit i mean this this soundtrack in general is just it blew me away the first time i heard it it's fun it's just a fun nes soundtrack there's not really anything you know 
you know, breaking the the bounds of what the hardware can do. Uh, it's just Mizutani's driver is just incredible, mm-hmm. and these guys, you know, we've talked about Natsume before. I mean, there was Shadow of the Ninja we did an episode on, which was Iku Mizutani's work. Uh, Mitsume Gatoru, which was Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, mm-hmm. and now Dragon Fighter with Koichi Yamanishi. It's kind of like the holy trinity of Natsume. Oh yeah. So we've kind of looked at all of the uh, really kind of powerhouse games, and this fits just fits right in with the rest oh yeah i mean and natsume is just they're known for amazing games and amazing music which i mean to us there's nothing better that you can get than good games with great music so yeah going back to this track i I really like that groove with the the bass and the uh percussion line the noise Mm -hmm. channel do you want to hear that oh yeah it's so smooth i just think it just sounds i don't know like funky very it's an awesome groove let's just listen Yeah, I mean, that's what I was kind of you know, alluding to with the subtleties, too, because, I mean, we turned off some channels, and this track was still really awesome by itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that there, just with the extra layers, just makes it so much more complex feeling, and there's so much more to kind of really dive into and listen to this track over and over and kind of pick new things that you're focusing on. Yeah, in, in the Mitsume Gatoru episode, we really listened to that Mizutani sound driver and the echoes and the delays and stuff. We're going to be listening to that a little bit more as we get into the episode. But uh, I just think that the track has a lot of really minor little things that you can pick up that make it more interesting, more exciting to listen to, mm-hmm. even for an action game, you know, where your focus is on the screen. Right. Yeah. So Koichi Yamanishi, he also went by the handle Ukkari Yamanishi. He worked at Natsume a few years under Mizutani, much like Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, and he left the company just a year after Iwatsuki joined. And I found this out because I actually asked... Uh, Iwatsuki, I said, hey, do you know anything about Yaminishi-san? And he's like, not really, other than that, you know, he was there and then he left about a year after I joined. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't work together, but, you know, they all worked kind of under Mizutani. So that's why I think their styles, they bounced a lot off of, you know, each other as far as uh, maybe not communication, but like they bounced a lot of music off each other. So you see a similar style maybe. Oh, yeah. And Mizutani, it was just... An amazing teacher, and I'm sure that like to work under is just insane. Well, you know, it makes me, it makes me question how his, or what his teaching methods were because we listen to his music and then we listen to kind of his, you know, uh, Kohai music, right? Uh, the people under him, mm-hmm. and it sounds very, very similar. I wonder if he was just like a like a driver of like you know this is the sound that you need to do, and here's why. Uh, you know, that's something that we we need to ask him at one point. But I feel that that's maybe his mentoring had a really strong influence on these composers. Oh, yeah. And just in any other field, when you start out and you're working under someone that's mentoring you, you probably take on a lot of what they're teaching you and what they do. And then as you grow in your career, you start to experiment and, and put your own stamp and signature on your style. So uh, I could see that, you know, especially with uh, Yamanishi and Iwatsuki starting out under Mizutani, that you know he's going to play a huge role on on what they sound like and then as they grow i mean we saw that you know watsky just grew into a beast of a composer so. <laughs> right right so uh yamanishi he also did a few other games not a lot really uh but there were a few so there's amazing penguin on the game boy world boxer for the famicom dragon fighter obviously for the nes and he helped Ikumizutani with Shadow of the Ninja. And so we had mentioned him before when we did right. that episode. We didn't really get into too much. We probably got into the same amount of detail because this is all I can find. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, he left and he kind of, you know, disappeared from the face of the planet. So um, not really too sure. But Watsky was like, yeah, I haven't talked to that guy since I was, you know, since he left Natsume. So I guess, yeah. you know, maybe he, I don't know. Now but, I want to go back to that Shadow of the Ninja episode and see how much we actually did. <laughs> did talk about Yamanishi. We probably said the same exact yeah. thing, the similar thing, because that's pretty much all I could find. Anyways, let's get into our next track. Uh, this is called Into the Depth, composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES.
Alright, that was Into the Depth, composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES. Now this track, actually, I, I really like. I oh, like I that. love this track. I mean, I really like... Okay, so in the beginning, this is what I like about it. You get that one solo square wave by itself, and then the uh, the accompanying you know, uh, harmony square wave comes in with it and it's like, it's buddy. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, I think we talked about this before in another NES game that we had, you know, covered where it's like, it's almost like two player mode at that point. You're really like working together and you can just hear these guys like, like bros, like bro square waves, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, just fight and attack. It's just really cool. I like it. Yeah. And, and I liked how it seemed like they were slightly off. It gave it like this kind of soft echoey feel to the whole thing. It was very, uh, this track uh, didn't feel so ninja-like, like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. This one felt more fantasy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it had that kind of more glowing, um, like uh, castle-y magic feel that that I think this game really uh, should have had for right. some of the other tracks. But uh, it, this track is just so good to me. Uh, I love this track so much. I like um, the more flute parts right before the the loop are just so good. I mean, yeah. this track was probably one of the first tracks I heard in this game and I was just like whoa whoa like Brian we have to do this <laughs> yeah you know I, I wonder about the the square wave channels what's doing the echo there do you want to listen and see if we oh, can yeah. pinpoint it so we'll listen to square wave one uh, we'll listen to both and then we'll listen to square wave one and then two by itself I think that might give us a chance because I'm pretty sure there's a key off in there and it's mm-hmm. not just an echo that we're hearing it's just going back and forth real quick yeah. you know rather than utilizing the echo which is played later but let's let's listen maybe we can figure it out second square wave is actually there it's just very very quiet and you can't hear it Uh, so it kind of has this mysterious kind of you know almost like echo to it it's mm -hmm. almost like a delay on that uh on that channel but uh when we tear them apart here we'll be able to hear it a little better so here's just square wave one by itself you can hear that minimal minimal echo Mm mm-hmm Just right at the end of that clause, I guess, that yeah. phrase. And it's really cool how, like, just putting it right there at the end makes you feel like it's been there the whole time, like, yeah, for yeah. the entire, uh, you know, progression. And then, But it's just at the end, and it just it makes you feel like, oh, okay, this whole thing has been echoing. And then the next one, it's like, the whole thing is echoing, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back and listen to the second square wave and see kind of how that fits into the equation. So that's interesting, right? So the second square wave is actually the predominant one out of mm-hmm. the two. So that first one we were hearing, it was a little soft. And I was like, oh, maybe that's just how it is. And we're not, you know, we're hearing the other one. It's going to be softer. But square wave two is actually much more predominant. Right. And has very little echo on it. But both channels, if you notice, have their own echo. Right. So I think that's what's giving us this even more rounded and longer kind of mysterious trailing sound yeah like you know? the the notes together they give me that uh, like 80s airbrushed like yeah movie cover look. yeah, yeah so that's yeah. what gives me that fantasy you know like you see like all the the shiny skin with all the blown out airbrushed yeah. highlights and stuff like that that's what this track really reminds me of yeah so anyways going back to the game if there was any doubt you know with a game called dragon fighter it's a fantasy world setting in a land called Baljing. And uh, this once peaceful land is now terrorized by an evil warlock named Zabaong. Yeah, that's a hard one. It's Zaba- is that how do you spell that? Is that right? Yeah, it's Z A B B A O N G. Zabaong. So I think we'd have to talk to the writers from this game to figure out how you actually pronounce that properly. Yeah, Zabaong, and uh, his army of monsters. Right. So it's the evil warlock, and he brings this army of monsters, and he's terrorizing this peaceful land. 
and will stop but nothing until it's left in ruins. Right. All is not lost, though. A guardian deity of the land known as Dragon Spirit decides to take vengeance on Zabang by bringing the statue of a legendary warrior back to life. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most unique story like we've seen with a lot of a lot of different games. I mean, it's kind of just let's I, get right I to s- it. And- I would say like 80, per, 80 to 90 percent of the games that we look at, the story is about this. Uh, well, this early game. on, you couldn't really do a whole lot. But yeah, uh, I, I, I like that they, they tried and yeah. they, they put something to it. But uh, Dragon Fighter, like we mentioned before, is a side-scrolling action platformer spanning six levels, each with a boss at the end. You play as the legendary warrior brought back to life. It's the same as most action platformers. In this game, you can run, jump, crouch, and melee attack with a sword. You can also shoot projectiles by holding down B until the character starts to flash. Now, the type of projectiles fired depend on the color of the player's outfit, which change by picking up different labeled items. There's green, which is labeled with a G, which is the default color. There's B for blue and R for red. And the difference between these different power-ups is, I guess they're power-ups. Maybe there's difference different suits yeah just different attacks i guess yeah so green i think is just like a standard kind of beam shot that comes out blue i believe is a homing shot so it'll kind of like whip around to the Mm -hmm. nearest enemy and then red is kind of like this wave i think i think that's what it was and so uh they all have kind of their own unique spin i guess but for me it didn't really matter yeah it was it was a neat little thing to kind of make the game feel a little bit more you know exciting you could change costumes and uh, different attacks that you could use in different ways which was nice it was broke up the monotony i think yeah but underneath the life gauge there is another gauge and this is what really makes the game fun and kind of unique this is the metamorphosis gauge so this gauge will slowly fill up by killing enemies and once the gauge is at least halfway filled the player can transform into a powerful dragon yeah that's the coolest part of the game like for sure like i i was thinking that the game when i first played it i was thinking that man this is gonna just be a little bit monotonous here mm-hmm. like it's just going to be the same because your guy when he swings and attacks you know he just just it's there's not a lot of animation it's right. kind of generic it well he kind of looks like a robin hood kind of guy and then it kind of reminds me a little bit of like zelda 2 uh, okay like, yeah 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 like he's just got that burnt like, yeah like three frame animation yeah yeah and when i saw i was actually on twitch and i was just lurking in different people's chats and i came across like uh late night retro and he was playing this game and he's someone i'm in their chat a lot and uh i was just like whoa this game is you know it's kind of neat and i was like wow this music and mm-hmm. then when he transformed into a dragon i was like what like yeah. you can transform into a dragon like this game is it now it's really cool, cool. now yeah. it's got some cool points yeah. yeah and changing into the dragon is pretty cool so when you hit the a button to jump all you have to do is hold up on the d-pad to turn into the dragon which i thought was kind of neat that you have to get airborne before you turn into the dragon yeah well the dragon is only flying right right so you have to be in the air to use it you can't walk around so i guess that makes sense i think it was like a way to save on drawing sprites there's no standing dragon sprite it's just <laughs> flying only yeah so once in dragon mode the game will start this auto scroll to the right while the dragon kind of hovers around uh essentially turning into like a shoot em up right and like you would expect the player's colors affect the dragon's attacks as well so if you had uh the red one i think has this down shooting missile it's not really that good and like that one yeah but um but all the other power-ups mimic what the dragon's abilities are too so yeah i thought that was kind of neat that it kept with that theme that the different colors meant different dragon attacks so you could really see that there was some room to kind of play the way that you wanted to right now one unfortunate aspect of turning the dragon is that you couldn't turn around yeah that was a bummer that sucked because i would turn in the dragon i'd have enemies behind me and then i was screwed because mm-hmm. you, you can't turn around. You have to like try to let them fly by you. But they, they never do. This game is hard. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. So they could have, I don't know, maybe they could have done something about that. I don't know. Yeah. Even if it was just a single frame animation flipping around. I mean, the dragon's pretty big too. So you're you're taking a risk by being the dragon by taking more damage. So Yeah. But you can unleash hell, which is oh, pretty yeah. awesome too. Uh, so once the gauge is depleted, you turn back into your human form and you can turn back at any point pressing down on the D-pad and A at the same time. Yeah, so it's nice that you can change for just a few seconds if you want and then go back to being your human mode and allow the gauge to kind of continue filling up instead of depleting it completely. But right. we did find something pretty funny in the notes that uh, basically in an instruction manual, it said that you can transform back by mashing A repeatedly, but that's not true. 
it's it doesn't, actually it doesn't, doesn't work. work. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty funny that it's published out there that this is how you change back, but that's not how they program the game to work. Right. And I think that if you play the game with the dragon changing in mind and you utilize that rather than just, you know, play as a human as long as you can, play as a dragon as long as you can, uh, and then back, I think if you really consider when to change and when to change back, even if it's for a few seconds, that a level of strategy might actually make the game a little bit more enjoyable. And maybe mm -hmm. that is what was intended. It's really hard to say, but I feel that, you know, changing the dragon for only certain spots was a little bit better. And I was able to save my life a little bit more mm -hmm. because, you know, some areas you have to shoot a ton of enemies. Being the dragon is great, but sometimes you need to be able to walk on the ground right. to uh, take out, you know, the bad guys coming at you. So maybe a little bit of back and forth is a little bit better than trying to draw it out. Oh, yeah. I talked to the guy that has the world record for this game for for speedrunning and uh, a guy by the name of Kozix. And uh, he was saying that this game is a very difficult casual playthrough. And, oh, it's hard as hell, man. Yeah. And then the speedrun really depends on optimizing, changing between the dragon and the, the person to be able to move okay. quickly. And but there is quite a bit of RNG in this game, I guess, that really really gets in the way of, of right. you know, giving you a consistent run. Right. RNG being random generated numbers, just yeah. in case you're not in the speed run lingo. Well, I'm just in any game when you're playing it. If, yeah. if you know, an enemy is going to drop something one time and not drop it the next time. Exactly. It's just this level of randomness that some games have programmed into them that can be fun, but they can also be a nightmare. <laughs> yep. But in addition to the different attacks and movements and transformations in this game, there are items that help you along the way, like restoring potions, flowers that help the metamorphosis gauge go faster, and a ring that's capable of destroying all enemies on the screen. And at the end of each stage, you will also receive a staff that increases your health, and the staff also partially refills your health bar for the start of the next stage, but it doesn't completely refill it. Uh, that's where I got a little bit ticked off because, <laughs> you know, I got through this really tough boss battle, and these bosses are challenging the, the game is just hard itself so mm -hmm. by the time i got to the boss my health was at maybe half or maybe less and by the time i beat the boss my health is like one little bar left right. so when i got the staff and replenished it's just like this little sliver goes yeah and i'm like oh that's like really <laughs> that's all i got to work with for the next round it's tough yeah and it's a demonstration of how difficult this game is not only are you not getting full refills for for beating bosses and things like that but you only get three lives for the entire game and you don't right. really get more lives and once those three lives are gone that's it yeah it's game over you start from the beginning but when you do die in a level you get to go back to the beginning of that level so say right. you're in level three and you get halfway through and you die you're going to go back to the beginning of level three unless you have no more lives left and, and they then call, it's over and they call that your continues right yeah <laughs> it, it was tough you basically so, get three continues no lives so i streamed this the other night actually for about half an hour and within the first like 30 seconds of the game i had already gotten like three game overs right yeah. It's I mean it's, it's brutal but it's, it's tough. It's fun. I mean I think the music helps make it feel more playable. I think learning how the enemies move and changing in and out of the dragons and stuff make it fun. Yeah. I, I really when I first saw the game I thought it was very interesting looking that I ended up, you know, after I was done watching Late Night Retro play, I decided to, you know, pop it on the Give it a shot. Uh, Yeah, and just try it and I was like, wow, this actually is he made it look a little easier than it is, but yeah. uh this game was I thought it was kind of neat. Well, you, you know the control is okay it, they're a little bit wonky the controls but like once you get used to them i i was able to make it through the first level without dying you yeah. know it's like once you get kind of used to it uh the clunkiness around it the you know, cumbersome changing and back and forth it was still fun like there's things about the game that i still enjoy yeah and that's what i love about retro games compared to modern games is most of the time when you pop in a modern game and you start playing you might get some game overs or some deaths but it's pretty smooth transition towards the end they hold your hand pretty well yeah and then in you know retro games you're they didn't have the same space to make a grand massive game that's going to take you a single playthrough not dying is going to take you hours but it was more like yeah figure it out yeah you, you play this out. game and you're going to have this one game for months and mm -hmm. you may eventually figure out how to beat it in that time but yeah uh, that's what i really like about it yeah it makes you feel good when you start to figure it out yeah well the aspect of the the game that i like the most is the music so let's get into another track this is called can you chain up by koichi yamanishi
You just heard Can You Chain Up, composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES. This track is actually my favorite track in the game. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. Yeah, very Mitsume Gatoru. Yeah, that, that was one of the first things I noticed about it. But, uh, I mean, it's really driving and fun. Um, it has a really good energy to it. It's yeah. not, like, overly somber or scary or anything like that. It's just, it sounds like a lot of fun. Another ninja kind of track to me. Oh, yeah, it a little bit. It sounds like a little ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, those scales, the echo effects, the delay, I, I just... It, it this is a classic Natsume track mm -hmm. in like every sense of the meaning. I right. Think, you know. It's very stylish. Um there's right. yeah, like you said, there's lots of little subtle touches going on that are just kind of like you know, like leveled up to you know, right. just a higher A game, I guess. Yeah, you know, and it's a relatively short loop. I mean it doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't really do anything too crazy. There's a few different phrases in there and then it kind of repeats. Uh but it's still really cool, energetic, fast action platforming kind of track. Mm -hmm. I really like it. Uh, let's move into another track. This is called The Initiative of a Ghost, composed by Koichi Yamanishi. <laughs> heard initiative of a ghost composed by koichi yamanishi for dragon fighter on the nes now this track i think is less fantasy and less ninja like it's a little more like poppy and kind of fun but it has its kind of darker elements and right. felt had it i felt it had more of a story like feel to it like it was going through different chapters well you know you got the back and forth right you got that part where it goes uh, doo -doo 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 -doo, and then it goes doo -doo -doo -doo. Yeah, God that was a really bad explanation but you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. it has the, the high end and then it kind of respond, the response to that is that low end you know kind of goes a few octaves right. lower and uh, kind of reiterates on that same notion and uh, you know when we were listening to this we both stopped the music like maybe halfway in mm -hmm. and we looked at each other and we're like we know this track mm -hmm. Mitsume ga Toru it, it's gotta be Mitsume ga Toru we were a thousand percent sure. So we just took like a 25 minute break. Right. To try to figure out which Mitsume Gatoru track this was, or it sounds like. And uh, we didn't really come to a conclusion. But man, doesn't that... It, I yeah. feel like I know this track so well. Yeah, because there's that part that's kind of in the middle that has a very Castlevania Mega Man feel to it. And I know that I mentioned that in some in you know in the episode. We couldn't quite find it, and we didn't want to spend like all day listening to the entire episode in its entirety. <laughs> but um, it, it's very it felt very familiar to us. And uh, at one point when we couldn't find it, we're like, nah, maybe maybe it wasn't right. And I was like, no, like this, like we both at the same time felt like we'd heard this track before. Yeah, and we both said Mitsume Gatoru. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know, maybe one of you guys listening can just send us a note and be like, oh, you guys, it was just this, this track, you know, it's yeah. almost identical. And then which, it'll which put we thought our was, minds at ease. Yeah, which we thought was interesting because this game, Dragon Fighter, came out two years before Mitsume Gatoru. So, yeah. Um, so we were kind of curious as to what we, what it was. We even where kind where of the took, influence came from. Yeah, we even took a look back at, uh, very, very briefly, at uh, Shadow of the Ninja to see if that, you know, that other Natsume game. Right. Now, the, you know, that first part is very different. Of that course, wasn't the part yeah. that we recognized. It was that kind of B section where it kind of goes into the progression, the, the downward progression. Yeah. And it goes it was back like, up. dun 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 dun. And I was like, Wait, yeah. that's. That sounds like Castlevania to me, but yeah, I do like that bass in the beginning. How it kind of zips around. It's actually not bending a note; it's iterating on all the notes in mm -hmm. that in that um, I guess that scale, and then um, shoots back around. It's kind of interesting. You want to just hear that bass real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Interesting to me, anyway. It would have been really interesting if we got that echo effect on the baseline as well, mm -hmm. on this triangle channel. But, no, nah, it's, it's only on the uh, square waves. But still, I think it's... I think it's pretty cool. Still gives you that kind of mysterious kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, and this track I just thought was fun. It, it was just really liked it. It had so much going on for it. And it, like I said before, it felt like it had almost like story elements to it where it was, you know, one minute was more fun and kind of poppy. And the next minute it gets a little more dangerous and fast paced. And I always like that when, when that happens in a track. Yeah. Well, speaking of dangerous, we got some boss music lined up. Let's listen to boss one and we'll be right back. That was Boss 1, composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES. It's a very frantic boss track. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what you want. You want yeah. to feel uncomfortable. I like how the track feels like towards the uh, the loop. It's like it's wanting to build, and it just feels like it keeps getting crammed in there, and it's not going up, and it feels like it's ready to explode, which yeah. I really like. Uh, you know, when I hear it, I just hear the uh, that, that classical piece in the Hall of the Mountain King, composed by Edward Grieb. And uh, I just hear that over. Just a much more frantic and dangerous. Yeah, with a little bit of white noise in there. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's it's quick. It's like forty something seconds. It it serves its purpose. The bosses in this are they have a lot of repetition to them, so the track kind of fits the boss. Anyways, let's get into our next track. This is boss two. heard boss 2 composed by koichi yamanishi for dragon fighter on the nes now this is what i'm talking about for a boss track this mm -hmm. is cool i mean it's still short it's actually shorter than the last one but it it's a little bit more creative yeah I think. yeah and i think um compared to the first one i think boss 2 feels more chaotic whereas yeah. boss 2 feels more controlled it feels dangerous but it feels more like like either the boss or you are in control mm -hmm. whereas this one feels like it's kind of up for grabs who's going to win this fight right well it's interesting to me because that first boss track is very staccato right it's like you know and this is a little bit more like a normal level track it's a little more fluid and full and there's a lot more bends and uh different articulation with the notes uh there is um a very strong lead or that melody is very strong because both square waves are playing the exact same thing together so it gives it a very you know almost a little bit of timbre in there like mm -hmm. you hear a little bit different notes and uh so i think that this track altogether is a much more enjoyable boss track to listen to oh uh, yeah yeah you know it's hard to concentrate on boss music when you're playing but i think that uh you know for me i would rather hear something more like this you know short sweet and has its own kind of uniqueness to it rather than kind of like a rehash of an old classic tune oh yeah yeah i always liked it i mean it is kind of neat to hear how um you know old classical music gets translated into 8-bit sound and stuff like that i mean mm -hmm. we've heard plenty of really good ones um but furnace yeah i was just thinking matt furnace yeah the lemming stuff oh yeah, yeah. but uh it, it's always great to see more original stuff to get to see what this composer was thinking about or, or what they felt would make great boss music and or just level music and, and it's nice i like i like that yeah now the score waves aren't really doing anything that crazy but i think the bass and percussion sound pretty cool so we can listen to that if you'd like yeah oh yeah 
That sounds like the beginning of uh, Bionic Commando. <laughs> like that that it's it's simple but i think it still gave the track a lot more i don't know diversity from Mm -hmm. something else you know it's still fast and furious but yeah i like it anyways so we kind of talked about the gameplay the graphics the look the feel i think this game is pretty ugly uh i i can see that i i think that uh i have a little bit more uh enjoyment out of the graphics than you do i guess i you know i like the backgrounds i think they're really pretty you know the the textures and stuff like that are okay but i think some of the bosses and some of the enemies are really nice Mm -hmm. but i think the animation for the main character that you play as is a little bit weak Mm -hmm. it's 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 a two-color sprite that has like a three-frame animation uh, you're, when you're jumping in the air, he looks exactly the same as when he's standing on the ground. There's not much to it. And that, I don't know, I feel like they could have put a little extra emphasis on on the main character at least. Well, when I first saw this game, I didn't realize, uh, I think I popped in and they were already, uh, Late Night Retro was already playing the game. and So I didn't know what the game was called or who had made it. But it, I first... At first glance, it gave me a Shadow of the Ninja feel because the the sprite is very simple, mm-hmm. like in Shadow of the Ninja. I mean, there's no f- actual face to the character. Right. There's just like a block where the face goes. Um, it's very simple color schemes, but there's a lot going on in the backgrounds. Like it looks like snowfall and like different like web-like um, organic features that are going on. There's these giant enemy like giant sprites in the background which are mm-hmm. really cool i mean some of these backgrounds are really gorgeous Yeah, some of the backgrounds are really nice yeah i do agree but it really gave me that uh, shadow of the ninja feel so it immediately gave me like a natsume Bye. feel and then when i found out oh this is actually natsume this is cool mm-hmm. um i i do think that the sprite the the sprite could have had a little bit more detail and maybe that's because they had the dragon in there too that they were like well you don't want to do so many different versions since he does have other animations or something uh, i don't yeah, know i but, just have a hard time believing that they couldn't add an extra color to the sprite maybe they didn't need it so much but when for example like when you slash your sword right he holds the sword behind him kind of like conan style right right and then when he you know thrust it forward it moves like the the same level that he's holding it but like a head so it looks like you're shooting like like a like a sword out of your eyeballs and then you, you throw it back it's just i don't know it just didn't grab me the right way but i did look going you know going back to what i said earlier i do appreciate the game there's things i like about it graphics weren't a selling point for me yeah it does feel like the main character got a little bit uh less excitement given to him than some of the other characters i think the enemies there's some really cool enemies like these giant caterpillar type things oh that worm it was yeah it was the boss of stage two i think yeah and it would come out of it would come out of the ground and it would like circle around and when you hit it it would deflect in a different direction and you had mm-hmm. to keep hitting it because it would keep coming at you right and it would like just deflect just enough over that was a cool fight Anyways. yeah now i thought like the main character's pose was cool with the, like the holding the sword kind of conan like and you crouch down too and i was like oh wow this is actually kind of neat it did seem a little bit simple and i do wonder if that had to do something with the different color changes they didn't want to make so many because then they have to make all the different colors or or what was maybe. really going on there maybe it was just nice to keep them simple um, like i said uh shadow of the ninja sprite is very simple for the main characters but they don't change color or but i feel like, like the animation for shadow of the ninja it had maybe it had more frames maybe it was a little bit more thought out and detailed but shadow of the ninja 2 also came out quite a bit later right yeah and um there was a lot more actions that the main characters in shadow of the ninja could do they could hang from things and flip up things and attack and they had different weapons and this was a little bit more simple but uh i did think the game was was pretty good looking i think some of the bosses were you know really crazy like some of the the sprites in this game and some of the background images are just huge right Uh, and your character is really small that's one thing to I think to be noted, and that might have to do with the fact that you turn into a large dragon later on. But um, your character feels very tiny, but it, so it gives this big, massive, expansive, you know, environment feel, which right. I thought was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you see games like Mitsume Gatoru where it's pretty zoomed in, and yeah. your character is really big, even in, though in, in relationship to everything around you. Yeah, so wow. it, I, I liked it. I, it was very simple looking, and the color scheme is very simple. 
it felt very early, I guess. Uh, maybe a right. little earlier than 1990. But it, the but, thing is, it's not that early. Yeah. It's not that early, James. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe Natsume was just like, eh, it'll sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's get into our, our next track. This is actually from the last level of the game. It's called The Dragon Fighter. heard the dragon fighter composed by koichi yamanishi for dragon fighter on the nes it's a lot of dragon fighters yeah um you know i don't have a whole lot to say about it because this i don't know it it's not it, it's a cool track don't get me wrong it's just it, it doesn't really do a lot for me it's kind of like yeah and then it's over there's a few little kind of like like pops and and uh rolls and stuff in there that I think are a little bit interesting to listen to, kind of ear candy thrown mm-hmm. in, that is a very Natsume kind of, you know, accent to throw on the track. But other than that, it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah, I think for me, if uh, I didn't know that this was a track that comes later on in the game, I would have kind of expected it to be a later on in the game type track. It feels right. very, you know, like all or nothing, balls to the wall, like everything's falling apart, get to the end type level. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the music itself feels like while you're playing one note you're already ready to play the next note it just feels like everything's kind of staggered and right. it kind of you know i guess if this were a logo it would be in italics <laughs> so it just feels like everything's leaning what? forward like working its way like it's zooming it's about ready to fall on top of it tripping yeah. over itself you know yeah but in a good way i and like you said, like you know like you said this it's not an amazing track but it's a solid track yeah i i do like it like i like every track in this game some like more than others this is probably on the lower end mm-hmm. but still has a lot of energy still got that Natsume vibe yeah now this game as much as I thought it was challenging and didn't really care for the graphics thought the gameplay was eh so so this is going for a ton oh yeah on I mean, eBay this game right? that's one thing I like to look into is uh, you know you and I are both collectors of games um, in a sense we're not like the hardcore oh, yeah, we try yeah. to complete collections yeah. but you know, we keep our eyes on certain things that we want. Yeah, right? and, and 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 since we like the music for this game so much, it's one of those things where even if we don't it like would, the game it would that be much, nice. yeah, it yeah. would be nice to have. So yeah. I looked on eBay, and this game is going for about three to four hundred dollars for a loose cartridge, uh, which is wowzer, it, which is insane. And one of the interesting things uh, when I was looking into it, for some reason, I decided to look into it a little bit more, and I found this online charting uh, website where it's called uh, PriceCharting.com. And apparently they've been tracking this game since 2008. Oh, and okay. uh, this game was relatively cheap. It's kind of like then. an online Beckett. Kind of, I guess. Yeah. I didn't do too much looking into it, see what else they had on there. But I saw, oh, wow, it's Dragon Fighter on the NES. And it's talking about, you know, from 2008. So quite a few years, almost nine years now, I guess. And uh, this game started out very reasonable. It, you know, it looked like it was under you know, $25 or so. Uh And then um, around 2012, there was a sharp spike up to around $100 where it kind of stayed until about 2016 where it just shot up. It tripled up to about $300 
And I mean, you don't even want to know how much a complete box of this game goes for. I mean, it's what? almost thirteen hundred dollars. No, this, this game complete is selling. For. Maybe because it's so uncommon. Maybe yeah, it's got to be that. That would be my guess. Is that this game did not see a large release, and that it's very difficult to come across cartridges. Huh. And for people that are trying to get complete sets, yeah. you know. If They're you have really one, fighting. then you hold on to it and you say, yeah, you want a complete set, you're going to pay for it because it, you don't got a lot of options. It's funny, just in the last like 10 years, that retro craze, you know, the whole craze that's going on right now, you know, we're in the thick of it now. Yeah. But, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there really wasn't, you know, people weren't collecting, so it was easy to get your hands on stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, had yeah. I known, I would have bought like 50 copies of this. Yeah, we've seen a lot of games really jump in price in the last couple years. Um, I and must, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, exciting to see that right. people love retro games enough that some people are willing to pay large amounts of money for stuff like that. Right. You know, it's it's weird to me because I think my collections, like some of the games I have for like Saturn or PC Engine, um, even PlayStation, like some of my Famicom games stuff are going for tons of money. Mm -hmm. Like I must be sitting on a gold mine. I'm not going to sell anything, but like yeah. still, like I'm thinking to myself like, oh my God, like I can't, I bought this at like Funko Land used like in great condition for like six bucks. You know? Yeah. And that, that seems to be how most of the people that I know that have, you know, crazy cartridges of things is they, they inherited it from their parents or they, they saved it, it from their kid. Like I've mentioned cool kid before. He has a copy of Mr. Gimmick. And I mean, that game is just insanely expensive. What a jerk. Yeah. He got it from his dad. It was, you know, he's in Sweden. They got hold yep. the copies and it's it's neat to see you know it's mm -hmm. a treasured you know piece but one of the other reasons that i wanted to look into it was that i recently picked up an nes and because of speed running i thought you know i i heard that the speed run of this game is actually a lot more fun than playing it casually so i wanted to see because i like to play things on the actual, actual cartridge hardware, instead right, right, of right. like a power pack or you know an emulator or something like that but uh i was like nope I'm going to be playing this on a power pack if I do decide yeah. to, to play it. But yeah. the speed run of this game is cool. Like I mentioned before, the the current world record for it is 14 minutes and three seconds by Kha'Zix. Um, he's a really awesome guy from South America. Uh, I came across him because of Aromano Nokaseki because he oh, actually he runs that game that too. Game that, yeah. I remember you mentioned him. Yeah. Yeah. He has the second place uh, time for that game. But awesome. uh, I thought, you know, might as well mention, go check him out. If you guys want to see what this game looks like, ran really quickly. So Right. Anyways, let's get into our last track of the day. This is the ending track composed by Koichi Yamanishi for Dragon Fighter on the NES. ending composed by koichi yamanishi for dragon fighter on the nes i like this man it's a really ending track sound yeah it definitely has that ending feel it starts out kind of a little, a little bit more dark and dun, dun, and heavy yeah. yeah i like i really like that part of the track and then the transition to the brighter more chirpy part was a little 
little abrupt, cheesy. And then, yeah, and it was a little bit too happy for me, but uh, okay. I did think it was a good track, and it was it was very nice. I could see it as like now you're out of the danger, and the sun has come up, and you know life can return back to this peaceful way that it was before. And uh, I did like that, but it was just kind of an abrupt transition for me. Yeah, because I like that that and then it goes into its own kind of like pop kind of yeah style. kind of like two different songs yeah i mean we've seen that a few times in ending tracks yeah. they kind of time it out to where you know you're you're seeing kind of that ending kind of cinematic or cut scene and then as a staff role right comes then it's like this happy mm-hmm. kind of bouncy cheerful like forget about the game these guys made it yeah this is their theme kind yeah of, kind of i like that when on. that happens um, when it's planned out like that. So seeing, you know, obviously listen to game music out of context sometimes is not the greatest, but um, in context, this could have been very nice. Not the, not the greatest for understanding the track maybe, but like the, right. it's always the greatest for listening. Well, a lot <laughs> of these tracks, they, they add so much to the visuals and the gameplay and, right. you know, like boss music is not really the best music to listen to on its own. But when you're in the level, oh man, without that boss music, that would feel very different. It would feel very weak, just not as frantic. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so today we covered Dragon Fighter on the NES and Famicom, composed by Koichi Yamanishi. If you want to know more about the show, you can check us out online at pixelatedaudio.com for show notes and track lists. We can also be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pixelated Audio. But more importantly, if you want to chat with us and others about game music, sound chips, and just gaming in general, make sure to join our Discord server, which we will attach in the show notes. Yeah, because if you're in like uh, like an iPhone in the podcast app and you hit more on the mm-hmm. show notes, you should see the link down there and you can click it and it'll open up on your phone. If you don't have Discord, it's really a great way. It's kind of like the evolution of IRC. I'm mm-hmm. still an IRC junkie and old school you know, IRC guy, but uh, Discord is a great way for people communicating. They have voice chat and stuff like that. We're going to be doing some streams and have an open voice chat. Have anybody come out and be on the stream. uh, If you want to do that, we'll, you know, we'll, if you join the server, we'll announce what we're going to do. That. Yeah, and there's already a lot of cool people in there that yeah. uh, that have a lot of information. They're really friendly, and it's always nice to meet more people that have similar interests. Yep. Anyway, so if you do like the show, we would always appreciate some feedback. You can give us a review and rating on iTunes. Uh, you can let us know what you like, what you don't like. And uh, if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash pixelatedaudio and throw a few dollars our way. You know, keeps the show running smooth and helps us improve. Yeah, and if you're new to our show, make sure to check out some of our past episodes. We have nearly 100 episodes now. Um, and we mentioned some really good ones that are Natsume-based, which are Mitsume Gatoru, where we had Hiroyuki Iwatsuki on right. as a guest, which was amazing to talk to that composer about his game. And then there was also Shadow of the Ninja, which yeah. was another Natsume game. Yep, Mizutani. So if you guys are interested and you live somewhere on the West Coast or you live on the East Coast and you want to travel, Mag West is coming right, right here, which is a mag fest, but done in... In the West. In the West. In, it's going to be in Silicon Valley. It's going to be in Santa Clara this year. And if you use the promo code, I think it ends today. So if you're going, use the promo code Pixelated Audio, and you get 20% off your entry mm-hmm. and then also we're this isn't 100 percent confirmed but uh we believe we were asked to do a panel yep so it looks like we're going to be doing a panel yeah we, we don't know what day what time slot or if it's multiple days or not so we're still ironing out those details but we have been asked to do some type of live show so. yeah so uh in the next episode we'll let you know the exact date and time so if you are coming you can check us out there uh we expect maybe to have a guest joining mm-hmm. in we're not sure yet but we're like i said working on all the details and we're figuring out what we're we're actually going to do yeah we have some good ideas though yeah planning and, on how to deal with all that anxiety <laughs> yeah and then we are going to make it uh, a recorded episode and put that in the feed after it's all said and done mm-hmm. anyways thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you back in a few weeks for the next episode
always like that when, when that happens. In the yeah. Well, speaking of dangerous, we got some boss music lined up. Let's listen to boss one, which is, I don't know which boss that is. It's not the first boss. It's any boss. Boss one. <laughs> 